This is a Soulfire production. Well, hello and welcome back to the Simply Be podcast. My beautiful, beautiful friends, I am so excited to have you here on the second installation of this three-part series, I Sold My Business. By now, you have probably seen it. You've listened to the first episode. I'm sure, I hope, if you haven't, definitely go back and listen to episode number one of this series. I'll leave that in the show notes. But uh, yeah, I sold my company. And I really want to use this episode to walk you through what that process was like for me. Hopefully, this is an education for you if you are at all interested in selling your business currently, if you want to build a business one day to sell it. I'm really going to walk you through the inside and out of how to build a business to sell, to scale it so you can exit it, and ultimately how to find the perfect buyer and what goes into that process. So I want to start by saying that I have been with my husband, Brian, for going on 12 years. And we met in May of 2012. And that was like two months before Tinder came out. I think Tinder was the first swipe left, swipe right app before Hinge and Bumble and all the things. So my point is, I've never been on a dating app in my life. However, a lot of my friends have. And I know enough about the, the system to use it as a metaphor today, because I really do feel like finding the perfect buyer, it's a lot like dating. It's a lot like you know playing the field and getting to know kind of your options and then committing to being you know boyfriend-girlfriend or girlfriend-girlfriend or boyfriend-boyfriend, going into a non-committal partnership, at least not until you get married, right? And that's the real commitment. And in many ways, going into business with another company that buys you, that acquires you, is a similar process. You got to play the field. At least that's what I did. You got to date before you get into a relationship and then you get engaged. And then you might have to do some prenuptial agreement situation called due diligence, which I'm going to talk about. And then you get married. And so it's a process. Now, I'll take you back to kind of the beginning. I mentioned in last week's episode that I had gotten clarity that I would eventually sell my business, right? This was in the early years of Simply Be after the advice of a mentor who was like, you have a couple options. Which one are you going to take? Do you want to close it down one day? Do you want to give it to somebody else? Do you want to run it for the rest of your life or do you want to sell it? And in that decision of knowing I would eventually sell the agency, I just kind of kept my ears and eyes and heart open to kind of the landscape of what it would look like to sell my business. Now, I'm going to be honest. In the last few years, since the business has really taken you know, a national reputation and we were growing fast, there have been a lot of buyers, in fact, that have approached me, which is kind of amazing, right? You set that intention and you put it out into the world and, and things kind of show up. At least that's what I believe. And so for the last, I want to say two to three years, I've had agency incubators. I've had private equity companies. I've had mergers and acquisitions funds. I've had strategic buyers, which is who I went with, a strategic buyer. Knock, knock, knock on my door. I was never ready. It was never right. Now, I will say that during this time, however, I did take some calls with some of those prospective buyers as a way to simply educate myself as to what was out there, even if I knew in my gut it wasn't the right time. So I recommend you do this, even if you're never going to be ready or before you're ready, just so that you understand what is out there, what the landscape looks like, what your options would entail. Now, over the course of these last couple of years, there was one particular buyer, a strategic buyer, Hawk, who was my eventual buyer, that had originally reached out to me in December of 2020. So I have been talking to Hawk for two years. And 
I, I knew my business was about to blow up because my book was coming out three months after this conversation. But I remember having a call with their head of M&A and I liked him. I thought he had good energy. I thought he was a cool dude. He was a straight shooter. But I remember being like, you know, we can stay in touch, but I'm about to, you know, scale my business and you're going to want me even more in a few years. And I'm not really ready at all. I'm super dedicated to this business and I want to grow it on my own and, and create as much value as possible. And I think what impressed me the most was, was not just their head of M&A who I connected with, but an M&A stands for mergers and acquisitions. I was really impressed with Hawk. I started to pay attention to what they were doing in the industry and they were clearly dominating marketing on a national level. I believe they've purchased somewhere between nine to 10, maybe more companies in the last five years. So I could see their growth strategy was basically buying up boutique agencies that specialize in unique domains like SEO or influencer marketing or affiliate marketing or website development, but they did not have personal branding. And I was watching who they were buying. And during this last couple of years, I want to say since my first conversation with Hawk to now, personal branding, and I'm not just saying this because I'm in the space and I'm obviously obsessed with it and I'm passionate about it and I believe in it. But personal branding at the beginning of Simply Be back in 2017 was really kind of trendy and a little bit of an anomaly. And like you, if you were risk-taking and, and risk-tolerant, you you know, would invest in personal branding, at least at the corporate level, which is where most of our clients are from. And today it's no longer a trend. It is an actual strategy. Companies that are not amplifying leadership to create a better brand affinity to clients, talent, and competitors and the media alike are are losing. People want to know the human beings behind organizations And every single company (laughs) is thinking about branding their CEO in a way that they didn't five years ago. And so in in many respects, Simply Be had become even more of a hot commodity. And there was an even bigger need on, I believe, Hawk's side to really bring this in as a service because they were getting asked to do it all the time and they didn't have the team to service the demand. So I want to say that I give their head of M&A massive points for persistence <laughs> because he kept knocking. I told him, you know, nice to meet you in late 2020. And about every quarter, every other quarter, probably like twice a year, sometimes three times a year, he would send me an email. And his objectives were always twofold. One, he wanted to know our growth, which is obviously important for buyers, and also to know where my head was at. And I really want to come back to this concept of hinge or a dating app. When you're single, you really want to play the field. You want to explore your options. You should never settle. And you should also keep your heart open to the possibilities, especially that intriguing, persistent pursuer who won't leave you alone and isn't creepy about it. You know, that's how it felt with, with Hawk. I really had my heart open to them. They were constant. And I liked the way that it, it felt because it felt genuine. And that really led me to ultimately take that final phone call with them in July, which I'll talk about of 23 and say, yes, I'm ready to have a serious conversation with you now. 
Now, finding the perfect suitor is really only one part of the equation, right? You have to be in a place truly where you are ready to get into a relationship with someone. It's fun to play the field. It's fun to be chased. It's fun to have your options open, but you ultimately want to be in a relationship, right? Many of us do. And and that's what I knew I was going for, right? That was my ultimate aim to sell the company. Now, I'm not just talking about where you need to be mentally and emotionally. I talked about that at length in last week's part one of the series. So I, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that. I'm talking about your business. <laughs> your business has to be ready to go into a relationship. It has to be built to sell. So I'm going to walk you through everything I have done to make Simply Be Agency ready as fuck to be sold as an asset. Okay, so I'm just going to break this down. First thing is as the founder, there comes a point where you can no longer be in it. You have to be on it. The business cannot rely on you as the owner. You are not for sale, like I said. And I mentioned Shauna last week. I mentioned Amy last week, my executive team that really started to, in the last couple of years, take me out from under the weeds and in the fray to above and sitting on top of it like the CEO, visionary owner should be. So that you can focus on the strategic initiatives and the growth of the business versus being mission critical in the day-to-day. So really taking myself out of that. Now, what that means is getting your leadership team right. I used to say, and I still do believe that your people are your business, quote unquote. I think that's partially true. I think your leadership team is your business. So getting the right people in the right seats at the top in the management positions is critical. And your job as the owner and the CEO is to empower them and to get the fuck out of their way. So that means literally uninserting yourself from decisions, from initiatives, from meetings where you think you are needed, where you have been the most needed in that room for years, things that you have owned and you have led. Yeah, you're no longer in any of those conversations, or at least mainly most of them, I should say most of them. You are not there to direct. You are not there to approve. You are there to advise, but you are not there to own these initiatives on the day-to-day level. That's what your management team is for. There was a lot of pain in the initial stages of this part of Simply Be's evolution where I would constantly stick my neck in, stick my hand in, and they would slap it like the fuck out of here, Jessica. And it was painful. There was friction at the leadership level because I am a Virgo rising control freak. And I really had to let a lot of that go and trust them to soar without me. And at the end of the day, there was far more joy in that relief, peace than there ever was pain. So really trusting that process. Now, speaking of your people, you want to make sure, again, your your people are your business. I, I really think that's a twofold philosophy. Your management team is your business, but so is your people. And your management team is responsible for your people. At first, if you're starting a new business or if you're a small business owner, it might be you running the team, which is perfectly normal and beautiful. It's what I did for the first four or five years of Simply Be. So you have to create accountability performance metrics for your team. Your managers own those and they oversee them and their daily output, ultimately not you. But I don't care how small you are. You have to have performance reviews in place. I built this from day one. I had one employee at the time and I had quarterly performance reviews and it was just me and her. This is how you scale because your people are always going to want to know where they stand in your business what the plan is for them to grow, how you can help them get there, what 
their growth in their career looks like at your company. And if you don't give them a path, they will leave. And you really want to create a solid team around you to help you scale your business. Now, speaking of team, if you as the founder owner are the only salesperson, that's also not scalable. You have to invest in salespeople or empower somebody currently on your team to sell with you or sell for you. This was transformational. I had been an owner, operator, spokesperson, salesperson, face of the business. And in many ways, we had reached that, that capacity. Like my, my network is only so big. I can only be on so many podcasts and speaking engagements and go to so many conferences and you know go to networking events. And that is not, as I said, sustainable. And I talked a lot about rooting into Gaia this year and really slowing down. And in that same breath, I empowered one of my co-founders to become the director of business development. And her and actually Amy Schuster, my COO, the two of them have created the most robust sales strategy, sales operations, sales function in the business where I don't necessarily engage with it unless I am needed. I do work a lot with Nora. I come in to kind of help open the deal, maybe close the deal. If I get a lead, I hand it off to her. We are a little tiger team, but you know, in a perfect world, you have, you know, a series of salespeople, but I was really able to multiply myself by uninserting myself as the mission critical salesperson. Now, I cannot stress enough the importance of developing SOPs, standard operating processes across every area of your business, from hiring staff to firing people, onboarding clients, offboarding clients, sales and marketing. Everything has to be rinse and repeatable. Everything needs a process from all of the things I just mentioned to how you order fucking snacks, okay? Processes for deliverables of client work, how to track client success, putting in place surveys. If something doesn't go wrong, you put in place postmortem so you as a team can discuss what went wrong, how to fix it, what are the new solutions to improve these processes next time. So that if you were to be abducted by aliens and somebody were to come in tomorrow to, maybe it's an alien, come and run the business, where's the manual? How are they going to know what to do on every single aspect of the business nine to five, Monday through Friday? And if you don't have those things in place, then your business really isn't an asset. It's a lifestyle business. It cannot scale because you are a shopkeeper. You are not a business owner. You have to be there every single day, turn the lights on, lights off, service the customers. How you end up moving out of that is creating processes across the business of how it runs so that it can scale. One of the best things I ever did was assemble an advisory board. Now, as a privately held company, you don't need to have a board. It's a choice. As a corporate entity, you have to have a board. But I put in place somebody from Bain Capital who leads mergers and acquisitions. So somebody that actually knew the business of scaling companies to exit. I had the CFO and president of a massive digital agency that he stepped in when it was 18 million in sales and scaled it to 90 million in sales and then ended up selling it to an international company. Yep. He was on my board. I had the CEO and chairman of the McClatchy company, who is, you know, an industry a vet in publishing, digital media, content creation. So I had this amazing board around me the entire, you know, last five years of Simply Be helping steer me as the CEO to make strategic decisions that were continually setting me up to sell. Obviously, we have to talk about finances. Showing growth year over year is incredibly important. So is profitability. But we had had such an incredible financial story, right? Like I started this business from zero and scaled it to a multi-million dollar company in less than seven years. 
And did we have flat quarters? Sure. Did we have some down quarters? Sure. We went through COVID just like everybody else. But overall, the story was that we had scaled in an upward ascension year over year over year. We had outpaced ourselves basically every year for the last seven years. And that is important to to buyers, right? You want to invest in your brand reputation, getting your brand right, applying for awards like Inc. 5000 and the Stevie Awards and Titan Awards and you know magazine awards. All of those things matter. And so do press hits and media placements. They all increase the equity of your business from a perception standpoint. We have become, I believe, the top personal branding agency in the country because of the prestige we've built around the brand. And of course, the client success and of course, the revenue and of course, the growth. But those things matter. We created a trademark methodology. I created a hologram, Supernova. You've read my book. All of those things are trademarked and I own them. And I am now licensing those to Hawk that they can now use, but I get to continue to use them at my retreats and in my, my workshops and all the other things I'm going to go do. But these became rinse and repeatable products. Not just, I've, been, I've talked a lot about process, but products, productizing what you sell is key. And that's how it scales. And of course, a very happy book of happy clients and customers, engaged community, long-term client contracts. Those are all the things that we put in place that ultimately made us super viable. Now, after dating like Hinge, you know, getting yourself ready to be in a long-term relationship with your company, now it's about really assessing, you know, if this partner who you have called in, who's been the persistent pursuer, at least for me, are you really ready to go into a long-term relationship with them? Are you ready to get married? Is essentially the question. And so the way that I sort of equate this process of going into this acquisition with Hawk was you first sign a term sheet, which I metaphorically aligned to the, the engagement ring. So we're like, okay, we're exclusive. We're going to go plan a wedding. We're going to go get married. And here's my engagement ring, the term sheet. But it is committal, but it's not official, I should say. Then you go into what's called due diligence which is the prenup, going through all the different aspects of their finances, your finances, their team, their products, their culture, their, their, their leadership, uh, vice versa. And really, we spent about four or five months going through due diligence with Hawk. And then you sign what's called an APA, or at least in my situation, it was an asset purchase. So an asset purchase agreement, which is the marriage license. And it was really during their due diligence process, our due diligence process, that I really understood who Hawk was. And the more I got to know them, the more I became obsessed with them. I love their leadership team. I love their CEO. I love their president. I like their head of HR. I like their head of client services. I love their head of marketing, their head of sales. They're just good people. And who they are and what they provide and the brands that they've worked with how their team is structured. I mean, they have a 20-person sales team. They have a 15-person marketing team. They work with some of the biggest brands in the world. They have a full agency of capabilities across SEO, paid social, influencer marketing, affiliate marketing, website development, brand strategy, enterprise management, design, you name it. They have this full suite of team and resources that we can't provide the market. And now we can. And as we've been saying within Simply Be, that this is really a, a one plus one equals 30 arrangement. 
one of the things that I love so much about Hop is they're completely a performance marketing agency. So everything that they do is tied to growth and they've been able to really scale and transform truly the businesses of their clients. And we really focus a lot on thought leadership development, brand identity development, creating organic content, and to be able to partner with the performance metrics focused agency just really adds so much fuel to the fire of our our client engagements. And I'm so, so excited about working with them. Now, I want to talk about my position with the company because yes, I am staying. They've offered me the role of executive vice president of personal branding, where I'm going to be focusing on what I love to do the most, which is be the face, speak the gospel on personal branding and bring in the business because that's really what I love to do. I love to sell. I really do. I enjoy it, but I do it through adding value and speaking from my heart and creating real relationships. And that's really always been my genius zone. It's how I started this business and it's the sweet spot of what I do. And now that's all I get to do, which is incredible. So I sold my company because I wanted it to live on without me. And I also still want to be of service to it because it is, it is my baby. It's my brand. And it's, you know, I still care about my team and my clients very much. But I also am going off and launching my next venture. And this arrangement with Hawk provides me the space and the freedom to go do that which I'm going to tell you more about in the final episode of this series. But I knew that I couldn't be the CEO of Simply Be and launch my next business. But I could be the EVP of personal branding at a company that supports that and go off and open the doors to my next endeavor, which will be my third business, making me, a, I guess, a real serial entrepreneur. And isn't that what we all ultimately want in any kind of partnership? the right chemistry, the right balancing of each other's strengths and weaknesses, the ability to be greater together than you could be alone, and finding a partner that supports your freedom and your independence. And that shit's hard to find on the professional hinge market, (laughs) which is why it's important to take your time and to jump in only when you are really, really ready. So speaking of ready... I have never felt so ready and have been so ready to follow my heart's desire. And most importantly, to invite you all along with me. So much is about to change around here and in my entire platform. And you will hear mostly all of it in part three of the I Sold My Business series next week. So until then, my friends, have a beautiful, beautiful week, and I will see you on the next episode of the Simply Be Podcast.